So excited for you guys to listen to this interview with David Coates about his book that he co-wrote with Corey Kilpack called Be Less Dickish. This book is incredibly groundbreaking because it discusses these masculine archetypes that are based on defenses and conditioning that all genders are impacted by. I'm incredibly passionate about men opening their hearts and being able to receive the world. And as we talked about in the interview, be penetrated by the world as well as penetrate the world, right? The both and. And I think this book is a crucial part of up-leveling the consciousness of men and masculine on the planet. So if you want to check out the book, you can go to belessdickish.com. And if you want to buy it, you can go to amazon.com and get it there in print or the audio version. Also, I just want to share that so much of the work that we do in the Empower Love program is helping you get out of relationships where the person you're with is not treating you well where you're feeling like you're not being respected or where there's a real lack of empathy or emotional responsiveness or where you feel really stuck. And that really relates to what we discuss in this interview regarding the extreme version of some of these masculine archetypes. So I just want to share, if you feel like you need help with having stronger boundaries or leaving a relationship that is not serving you, not meeting you, not where you're not feeling respected, you can go to empowerlove.us forward slash apply to book a free love breakthrough session with a member of my team. Would love, I would so, so love to help you with that. And I'm here for you around that. So without further ado, let's hear this interview. Show me the way to just be loved. Hello and welcome to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond, and I'm so excited to welcome David Coates to the podcast. Welcome, David. Thanks for having me. Yeah. David is a friend and colleague who is a therapist and author of the book, Be Less Dickish. He has led men's groups, couples retreats, been a faculty member at CIS and JFK University and has taught internationally. David and I met in the Bay Area about 13 years ago, and we both went to the same graduate school, CIS, and it's so fun to connect in this moment in time when our work is intersecting in such a cool and interesting way. So let's dive in. Um, my first question is what's, what inspired you to write the book, Be Less Dickish? Yeah, you know, 
clients swear a lot in therapy. Mm -hmm. people know that, but you know, it's a kind of a free open space. And so I was, I would hear words a lot in therapy in particular from men about like, oh, my boss is just such an asshole or, you know, I'm so aggravated with this coworker. The guy's such a douchebag. Mm. Or I would hear things like, oh, I just feel like such a pussy. I really wanted to do this thing. Mm. And so these words, they just kept, they kept coming up in therapy. And I started thinking about like, oh, that's interesting. And, and, and they, and, and they mean something, right? Even though they're, they're words that we all used and we all have our own history with these terms and they're loaded and they're charged. And I've definitely felt like beat up by those words growing up, mm. you know, so there, there was just a lot there. So I started asking clients like, well, you know, what do you mean? Like, tell me when you, what, what is your boss doing? What makes him an asshole? Or what do you mean you're a pussy? What, how are you, how, why mm. are you using that word to describe what happened when you didn't mm. go to the gym or whatever? Mm. You know, clients started unpacking these terms, and I just became more and more interested in like, wow, there's something here. They're not just these throwaway insults, and I wanted to do something good with them. I wanted to somehow Hmm. create uh, the idea. Came like, what if we could take all the energy and intensity of these terms Uh and kind of veto that energy and do something positive with it? Like, let's let's define these terms. Let's and uh, and so I just I was hooked this was like 10 years ago. So this was a long ride, for me, but uh-huh. it just kept getting richer and richer and richer. Beautiful. So, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, just to share in terms of the book, I feel like it's been, uh, it's definitely an important book. I feel like because there's not that many books written about men, personal growth, and also these challenging archetypes. So I'm wondering if you can speak to the four archetypes that you discuss in the book and just briefly describe each one. So the reader or the listeners can, and soon to be readers, hopefully, um, can understand them a little bit deeper. Sure. Yeah. So start with the asshole. Mm -hmm. So this guy, what makes an asshole an asshole is that he's shameless doesn't feel the impact he's having on those around him, mm. right? Like most, most of us aren't going to cut in line because we feel the awkwardness that we create in the field. Like we're social creatures. He's shameless. He doesn't feel it. And he's also selfish. Mm. He's only interested in what he wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there's an aggressive quality to the asshole. Mm-hmm. So in this archetypal model, say the asshole is shameless and selfish and he's aggressive. Right. And that's in that unique combination and the pussy and that word, I want to say something about that word, because I never feel comfortable saying that word Uh, because it's wrong on so many levels. uh And and yet it is the word. It's the word that always comes out. It's the word that exists in men's own heads with how they're critical of themselves. Hmm. And so I tried Mm -hmm. to make other words work, but that is the word, unfortunately. And this book is about facing down uh, reality as much as we can. So, Beautiful. Yeah. So he is, this guy is selfless. And when I say yeah. selfless, he's not in, con- connected to what he wants and needs, right? And he's very conscientious of what other people want and need. So he's very aware of like, the pussy, how yeah. do I need, say again? The pussy, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So how do I need to be Maya? So you're good with me. And if you're good with me, I'm okay with me. So I'm very conscientious about how you're feeling towards me. Yes. And I'm very selfless. I'm not paying attention to what I want and need. So he's very submissive mm-hmm. and, and, and deferential. And, you know, this book is about extremes. Like some of, some of these qualities, like we all need to be selfless and conscientious. Sometimes we all need to go along with, we all need to be selfish and shameless. Sometimes like the asshole, we just don't want to do it all the time in an extremes. Yes. Just to sort of make a quick note of that. Totally. And another quick note around the pussy that I think is really important especially for the women who are listening and in my, uh, that I work with, which is that's definitely, you know, what a lot of people, in my opinion, call the people pleaser, right? Someone whose whole psychology is based on making sure the other person is okay. And that's, you know, and women have been conditioned to be that way, in my opinion, for so long. And then men also can sometimes be conditioned through, through their families to be that way as well, or society. And either way for men and women, it's just so challenging because then there's not that strong sense of self and that um, deep connection with the desires, which you spoke about so well in the book about how he doesn't really know what he actually desires because he's constantly thinking about someone else's needs. Right. The, the pussy, like for women, I've had a lot of women clients that date pussies and mm-hmm. it, it is, it's kind of death. It's, it's like a slow death in the relationship mm. because initially like he's a nice, conscientious, caring guy, you know, there's an appeal, but ultimately with a pussy, there's no one to hit the tennis ball back and forth with. There's no right. contact happening because he's exactly. not there. Exactly. And you end up wanting to be like, Hey, I want to know what you want. And he's like, yes. what do you, what do you want me to say? And you're like, no. <laughs> I want to know what you want. So, so he, he actually, he's infuriating to be in a relationship with yeah. because no connection. And then there's no desire because yes. he doesn't bring any of his own selfishness, what he wants, which is hot. Exactly. You know? so, exactly. It's super important. So, yeah. yeah. Both men and women want to feel that like exactly something to push up against. Yeah. Yeah. We're hungry to feel connection. And he doesn't allow connection. None of these guys really allow connection because the asshole Mm. is so oblivious to you and what you want to need and shameless about his impact. So he's not there either connecting. Yeah. 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 So those are the first two. Okay. And then, uh, and then we have the douchebag. Douchebag always makes me laugh. Uh, So, you know, the douchebag is like the classic, like poser. There's no real there there with a douchebag. Like he he's an act, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. he's he's shamelessly promoting some self image. He's trying. I can see the look on your face. It's just, <laughs> yeah. and he's trying to get you to buy in to this is who I really am. So if I show up a certain way, wear the certain clothes, drop the names, you'll see me as this person that I'm trying to be. Right. Yeah. So. He is, uh, there's a lot of facade. There's a very yeah, strong there's, facade. There's, yeah. There's a lot of facade and there. So no connection is really possible with him either. Cause he's playing a character, mm-hmm. right? So he's kind of thrown off his true self, right? So when he's selfless, 
in that way. He's thrown off his true self and mm. he's shamelessly promoting this caricature that he's trying to walk through the world as and get you to buy into. Right. So he, uh, he's the imitator. Yes. Yes. And like, you know, corporations love people to be douchebags because you're just, you're just the, you know, you're the employee. I work for Apple. That's my identity. I love, you know, like they're, they're happy to have uh, the corporate identity be the stand in for the individual identity. Right. I mean, that's, that's not true in absolute, but like they're so rah, rah, go team uh, disidentifying who they really are for this idea. Yeah. There's like a superficial kind of shallow energy to the douchebag that is exactly very in line with capitalism. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And what makes him, you know, a douchebag is he's so, he's so shameless and frenetic about it. Right. He's so, there's so much energy in putting on the show and there's no there, there, you know, like, yeah. what is this guy for real? You know, that's what you think when you're with a douchebag, like what is going on here? Yeah. And of course he's not, he's, he's trying to be something he's not, he's trying yeah. really. Hard. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then we end with the deck where uh, the book was named after, cause that's mo- that's my most identified character. Oh, sure. Uh, so the dick, <laughs> the dick, the simplest way to describe the dick is because you did something to me that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm justified in doing it. Mm -hmm. The dick is is a victim in a way he's, he's very aware of what's going on with you, but only in so far as it affects him. Right. So, so you walk in the door, like, great. I can tell she's in a mood. Great. Now I've got to deal with this. Like now it's my fucking problem that she had a hard day. Mm -hmm. So, So he's aware of you, but only in so far as you impact him. Right. Whatever he does is justified because of what you did to him. Yeah. So this guy is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I'm justified because you said this thing. Well, I only showed up late because you were mean to me. And, and, and yeah, I said that shitty thing to you, but you started it. Like it's never his fault. Yeah. The world is fucking him in some way. And he's just being (laughs) authentic and responding. (laughs) Because of what was done to him. Yeah. Right. So there's exactly victim. Yeah. Blame, not taking responsibility and a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of like the asshole vibe in terms of the, like the response is not conscious or compassionate. The response is kind of like a a little bit of a pushing away. Yeah. But let me, let me make that distinction because that's an important distinction. Yeah, Dick will say, it's yeah. because of you that I'm this way. The yeah. asshole will say, you just happen to be in the room. I don't even know what you're talking about. So the asshole isn't actually aware of you or conscientious of the experience you're having. Yes. He's just going to mow you over. Exactly. You don't really yes. Whereas yes. the dick punish you, right? He's conscientious of you. And then he's yes. reacting to you and justifying his behavior. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So the dick is a little more relational. Certainly. He is, but it's but it's all about him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It's yeah, all about what's being done to him. Yes. So, so I'm sure everyone listening. I mean, just like any other personality systems, just like any person, other personality archetypes, you might be able to relate to. You know, I would think I'm. I guess I'm curious. Like, do m- maybe some men relate to all four? 
And some men only relate to a couple or just one. Is that kind of what you've seen? Great question. Yeah. I mean, I wrote the book in such a way that the characters are so extreme because I wanted to drive home the essence of who they are. Yeah. But in, in reality, like, well, when we're triggered or depending on how we're oriented, we'll all fall in, we'll tend to fall into one category more than another. Mm-hmm. But some men will be really douchebags at work because that's part of the corporate culture and they'll put on the mask they need mm-hmm. right? and they'll come home and they will be a complete pussy at home. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they'll be very kind totally of different. Yeah. yeah. Or they'll be kind of dicks with their friends. So it just depends, but, but they're in all of us, which is why I called them archetypes. Yeah. Like, Potential for all of them. They're all kind of strategic ways we react yeah. and they have become habituated. Yeah. So, so if I'm around like really violent, like a violent edge, like mm-hmm. men with a kind of, you know, I'll totally go to the pussy quadrant and be kind of selfless and conscientious. Like, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want that intense yeah. energy coming towards me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And feelings get hurt in relationship for sure. I'll go to like being a victim and wanting to pull away. And it's because of what she did and misunderstood man, you know? So yeah, I, I can track myself around the whole, yeah, I'm sure. around the whole thing. Yeah. Yes. And awareness is so, so powerful. Um, yeah. In terms, this is so powerful to read this book, you know, working with mostly women who are, you, you know, my niche is really helping women who've had this pattern of attracting unavailable partners, narcissistic partners, and abusive partners. And so I'm wondering, um, how do you think women should respond when they recognize these behaviors in men? Like, say they're, you know, dating one or their, their boyfriend has a lot of this. Like, what is, what do you think is the most helpful way to respond, especially? I think it's so powerful asking you because you've been studying and researching this, but also you're a man and you know it from the inside. There is something about, in my opinion, really knowing something from the inside. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I love that question. So I, I absolutely wrote the book with women in mind. Like it's about men and for, for men, but I wrote it with women in mind because I want mm-hmm. women to recognize these behaviors, mm-hmm. right? They know we, you know, bullshit when it's happening to you When a guy right. is playing something when he's doing okay. something, yeah. you know, it. Mm-hmm. but this book says, okay, this is going to help you see exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the thing about these behaviors is they're, they're kind of seductive, mm-hmm. right? And so in the book, we call them perimeter behaviors. The man isn't in his center. He's sort of spun out on the perimeter. Mm. Yeah, love that. That's such a powerful metaphor. I just want to pause there because and just really deepen into that for a moment. Because also, again, with the women that I work with, that's it's so true that when you're not in your center, then it's so much harder to act in a really good way in relationship with yourself, in relationship with others, etc. So, like, I love that word perimeter because it's like you're not really moving from a place of full high integrity. Right. Right. And you can feel it when you're not, when you're, when you're not in your center and when other people aren't there. Yeah. And in in this book, we say, so if a guy's out on the perimeter, 
right? Let's say a guy is falling into the pussy and he's trying to get you to make all the decisions or you to take care of him, Mm -hmm. right? It's seductive behavior because he wants to be mothered. And some part of you might be pulled like, oh, come here, baby. It's okay. You know, if you didn't go look for a job today, like, yeah. So you can't get seduced by the behavior in the book. We say, don't go meet the guy out on the perimeter, stay in your center, stay in your center, stay in your center. So if the dick is saying like, I can't believe you said that thing last night, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Like that's him being the victim on the perimeter, trying to get you to say, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Because if you do that, he'll stop being a dick. So it's very seductive. Or we haven't had sex in a week, blah, blah, blah. Like it's very tempting to say it'll be easier if I just Mm -hmm. go ahead and have sex with my partner, even though I'm not feeling good with him. Mm-hmm. Or if I apologize, mm-hmm. but then you're playing into the dynamic where he learns like a kid that if he throws a tantrum on the perimeter, <laughs> he'll get what he wants from you. Exactly. And he'll try to convince you, this is the best thing for you to do for us right now. And if you don't, I'm going to make it worse. I'm going to be a child all night and I'm going to be complainy and whiny. Mm-hmm. So the, the book really says uh, to women in particular with men, like, Hey, don't get pulled out there. So it breaks down like, Hey, I'm not going to meet you out there. Mm-hmm. You're telling yourself a story that I don't agree with mm. I'll talk to you, but I'll do it from a centered place, but I'm not, I don't accept your conditions. We mm-hmm. use that phrase a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't accept the conditions you're setting of reality that you're mm-hmm. the victim. Mm-hmm. That's so, so powerful. I'm not going to meet you out there, but I'm yeah. here. Yeah. And I, I, I want, I want people to stop indulging bad male behavior. And in Mm -hmm. this culture, bad male behavior is kind of deified in some kind of ways. Like such, Mm -hmm. there's so much asshole behavior on television. That's like, oh, he's powerful or he's, uh, and and this book says, no, refuse those conditions. Don't meet men out on the perimeter because they're horrible conditions and men Mm -hmm. don't grow. They don't evolve. So let's yeah. stop indulging bullshit. There's so much saying. here. There's so much here I want to talk about. So yeah. first of all, exactly like the having that those strong, healthy boundaries is how we shift the dynamic in the relationship. And I love the words. I think what you're talking about, the woman staying in her center is having those healthy boundaries. And those words are so powerful for sure. And exactly. That's like, yeah, I don't accept those conditions. And like this, the story you're saying, yeah, it's not, what did you say? The story? What about the story? The the story you're saying about what happened, that that's not my experience. It's just not going along with, and I I like that word conditions too. Like I don't accept your conditions. Yeah. Right. You're Cause that's what people will do. These are the conditions of reality. And I want you to accept them and respond to me because I'm hurt. Exactly. Right. Or I'm angry or I'm yes. overwhelmed. Yes. And we're like, no, 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 no. Those aren't good conditions. Exactly. They're not true. Yeah. They're that person's experience that they're trying to hook you into buying into the, to their reality. Exactly. And in these like moments in these relationship dynamics, exactly. We teach people, you know, how to, behave with us. And so by saying that a woman's teaching the man, like, no, it's not okay to, to, to behave like this with me. I don't, it doesn't work for me by saying, by like inviting them into a new, a new reality. 
but also not exactly not like pandering to, to this whole story. And I think on one other piece that I think is really important is that, you know, a lot of the threads of the work that I do. And I think this book as well is around like, you know, really healing patriarchy and in patriarchy, like the man is more important. The man is like, you know, his ideas are more important. So what you're saying is actually, hmm, like, no, this doesn't work for me. This isn't true. Um, this isn't my true experience is, um, can be really, I want to kind of speak for women. It's like, it can be really challenging, really, really challenging because of all of that learned conditioning around men and women and in school, like, you know, the men's voices being louder, like there's just so much and it's all very subtle. And so, but then in the privacy of these, of your own home, here it is, these relationship dynamics that are based on historical have so much historical roots. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It hasn't been that long, you know, that women have had equal rights. And so I just think we're still unraveling so much in relationships, how patriarchy has, has uh, influenced them. So I just want to bring in that historical piece. Cause I think it's a really important piece with the book. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and I, I hope this book provides language like, Hey, I'm, you're setting conditions that don't work for me. I'm not going to do that. Right. And that's different than saying this is, to- you know, toxic masculinity. Like that's kind of a vague, like roller a label. That's just going to not yeah. feel good to either yeah. person. Yeah. I want to meet it as it's arising in an intimate framework. Yeah. So that's not going to work for me. You're telling yourself that you're the victim of what I said. I get your hurt. Come sit next to me. We can talk about it, but I'm not going to go along with the frame that I did something to hurt you. Yeah. Right. So we're not going to do that, but we can do something else. Like, so I want there to be a language in the collective of how to address this, this bad patriarchal behavior when it's happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And And Mm -hmm. let me say one one more quick thing. Like the thing about when you do meet people on the perimeter, it's never going to be enough. You're Mm. never going to understand the dick's victimization enough to where he stops being a victim. Mm -hmm. You're never going to have mother the pussy, for example, or take care of him to the point where he finds his assertive center. Mm-hmm. And, that, that, and I just want to, that's so important that, and, and yeah. everyone will recognize this because we've all tried to save somebody. We've all tried yes. to um, reparent somebody that was really wounded and it, mm-hmm. there's never enough. Yeah. Those conditions never get met. Right. But the, the, the man on the perimeter will say, you just give me this, you know, at some point I'll get what I need, but that's just not what happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's super, yeah. super helpful. And then in terms of, um, you know, in the book, you talk about, you know, a lot of times when men are triggered, they shut down. And I notice with my female clients that how much that shutdown just hurts women so much, that behavior of shutdown, emotional shutdown. And I wanted to see if you could just share any like origin, what you think are the origins of that shutdown in men? Yeah. I mean, I can speak to that. It's a big question, but yeah, I mean, I can speak to that in myself, uh, Mm -hmm. that 
you know, they'll, they'll just be like a level of closeness that I'll reach that I've reached in relationship before mm-hmm. that feels really good. And then there'll be kind of a rubber band effect. And then there'll be a part of me that just associates that level of closeness with bad things happening because mm-hmm. of my own attachment stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be a shutdown that happens that, that I won't even, I'm not even saying I'm shutting down because of what she did. Although I've done that before, Yeah. but just like, wow, I'm like totally disconnected from my person and it's painful for me. And I know it's painful for them. So that's one frame to look at it. It's just, it's a fear response. It's like an intimacy isn't safe. Mm-hmm. And so there's a pullback and mm-hmm. it can feel very jarring to the, to a partner who's like, wow, I thought things were going great and we're getting really close. And all of a sudden you're not there anymore. I can't feel you there anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of men will have kind of a dickish response to that. They will blame like, oh, it's because you did this because they can't really see or admit that like, wow, I'm just really scared. Closeness is fucking scary for me. Yes. Yeah. So that's you, so you, huge. Man, you want a man, like to me, we're all wounded. We're, we all have attachment wounding, but do you have a man that can say, uh, you know, I'm struggling over here. I'm totally disconnected. I don't know why I don't want to be. Yeah. Like you, you want a man that can engage his wounding more than you want a man that isn't wounded. Right. It, right. Yeah. Is in relationship with the wound and also has awareness and also can speak to it. Like, Oh, maybe I just need a day by myself and then I can come back things like yes. that. But, yeah, or yeah, I'm feeling numb and disconnected, but it's not about you. I really care about you, but I do need some space or whatever right. it is. Yeah. And I'm going to go do my practices today and I'm going to check yeah. in with you tonight, but I'm going to take exactly. a day yeah. where I'm going to be kind of in my own world. I'm going yeah. to be selfish and shameless today because I need a day to just be me. Right. Yeah. So he may need to, it needs to enter the asshole quadrant in a less extreme way. Yeah. Land back in just to come back to center. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes exactly emotional maturity and awareness and really great communication skills. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And that's so, and the other thing is sometimes exactly, it just means the man will just exit the relationship because the fear is so strong. And I think something that I want to speak to is exactly the word I'm scared or I'm afraid, right? Speaking the communication of the vulnerable feelings because there's been so much conditioning for men, like that in itself is really, can be really uncomfortable to share those words as a man. Am I right? Very. Yeah. I mean, I'm an internal family system psychotherapist. So I Mm -hmm. love, I use language of parts. Like, wow, a part of me is really blown out by spending the weekend with you. It was a lot of closeness. Yeah. And so this, I need to take care of this part of me today by yeah. spending time solo. Right. So that totally. I find that people speak to their internal experience in a way that's not so intensely confronting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. A part of me exactly is feeling scared or a part of me is feeling, um, you know, concerned or a part of me exactly. But yeah, in general, I think in our society, just being able to speak the vulnerable feelings and the actual feeling word is, can be really, is not, you know, we're just not taught it. So it's really, really powerful. I notice that I feel very grateful when men can just say the feeling word and just 
admit it and share it and express it because then I feel closer to the man. So I think that's something that, you know, is also just shifting is women being able to handle men's emotion, being able to hear them. Cause it's not, Oh, like this old paradigm of the man has to be the Marlboro man and therefore have no emotions. It's like women are now, Oh, I can handle hearing man's emotions. And yeah, it doesn't mean I have to take care of him, but I can just sit with it. But then also the, the new paradigm of men being able to share these feelings and still be a man and that they can be a man and have feelings and they can be a man and express feelings. So that's really kind of what we're moving into. And I know these archetypes are, you know, really um, exactly just these fronts of not being able to, you know, connect to the deeper authentic self. Um, so, uh, well said. Yes. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, I want to go, I also love something that you wrote in the book around curiosity, which is, um, basically you share how powerful it is in relationships and, um, that it's one of the most attractive qualities that women see in men is like when a man is curious about you and putting his attention on you in this curious way. And it also is part of the trace method that you talk about in the book that you've created. So can you share about curiosity and why it can be more challenging for men? Yeah. So. And how powerful it is as well. Yeah, for both men. And again, everything that you're teaching in the book, which I find with most books for men, I'm like, oh, this is great for me too, right? It's like all humans need curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. If there's one kind of like flag I could wave in the world, it would be like, be be curious, be interested with with your experience. Hmm. And so in the example we just used, like the guy that's kind of blown out from too much intimacy, he's mm. got a part that's kind of dysregulated and afraid. Mm-hmm. Like if he's interested in that part of him, yeah. right. Cause it's easy to have like, Oh, I don't want this. Or it's easy to say, to blame her. Maybe she's not the right person. It's so much easier to kind of interpret yeah. the experience in a way that's less confronting than to say, like, Whoa, what is happening? I'm like scattered like my nervous system is, is really activated. I'm like, wow, I am curious about what's going on. Cause we just spent a great weekend together. Mm. Right. So if, if a man can be interested in that experience, mm-hmm. then it has something for him to learn and grow from, right? Yeah. Like I want men to see a trajectory of growth and evolution that things just keep getting better as they cultivate their psychological and emotional health. Uh, and so that curiosity is key. I'm interested. There's something here for me. Life gets to be better if I can connect with myself here Mm. and my partner and I can be curious together about what's coming up within us as individuals, with us as a couple. Yeah. Like for me, it's the greatest show on earth. It's like the best reality TV show that most people aren't tuned into, right? It's got all the like components and all the curiosity and intensity. Uh, So I just, I love curiosity. And so much of what I do as a clinic clinician is get clients interested in their internal worlds as opposed to judgmental or dismissive or feeling victimized by the external world. It's like, no, 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 we're coming back Mm -hmm. to what are you actually experiencing? 
Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and I'll just highlight one thing that you touched on in the book regarding curiosity, which was this piece around how I think you, I'm pretty sure you touched on it. I'm pretty sure I didn't make this up, which is <laughs> this piece around like men being conditioned to know that you're supposed to know, right? You're supposed to know what the thing is, what you're supposed to know about this. You're supposed to be able to explain this, right? And so then to be curious is also to be vulnerable because it means you don't know necessarily you're in the unknown. And so that's just really powerful for men who are listening to have that awareness. Like the part of me that feels like I need to know exactly how to change the tire, how to do this. Like there's this kind of conditioning and this thing, this like, yeah, maybe false mask that men have had to hold around that. And so to be just in the unknown and the curiosity is, is, could be vulnerable, could be a vulnerable space. I think it's the most vulnerable thing. And you're right. And this is where patriarchal strength, patriarchy strangles men because they're supposed to know. And this creates a lot of douchebags, like who just pretend that, that things are all good and they're totally in control. Right. And, uh, and that that's what makes you a man. And so, uh, but it also just keeps you in a loop and it's a sad loop. It's just, uh, you never evolve. You never go anywhere. You just live in this kind of, this kind of self-affirming story that, uh, that you're this guy that knows. And really, it's just really sad to me. It's such a limited life experience. Yeah. And I think it deeply relates to one of the things that women complain about the most in terms of dating and sometimes relationship as well, which is men not asking the woman enough questions about herself at the beginning of dating and throughout the relationship, but especially at the beginning, which is the asking of questions is just curiosity, right? I'm curious about you. I want to know more. And then the follow-up question to what they're talking about, like, oh, wow, you're a therapist. How long have you been doing that? How did you get into that? Right. Those follow-up questions take a deep level of curiosity. I love that you're bringing this up because I I don't cover this, but it's so true. Like you can learn so much about somebody by just their level of engagement and interest. Yeah. And can they follow what's alive for them, their own interest, right? Because you don't, you want to know how you're impacting them. So if a guy is saying like, whoa, you do a podcast on like attachment stuff, like Mm -hmm. tell me about what you love about that. Like you're going to be lit up because he's lit up. Yeah. Like right now, like he's lit, up. He's lit yeah. up by what you're lit up about. Yeah. And then there's energy that gets going. Like yeah. that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Exactly. Curiosity is partly based on desire. Like I want to know more. Right. And so feeling that desire from the other person is, is so attractive. Yeah. And like, to me, the book ends my book ends with like, Hey, good contact is like, I can be assertive, right? I can ask you what I want to know about you. Yeah. Right. And then I can also surrender. I can let you in when you want to know about me. Right. Mm-hmm. And self-knowledge I'm learning about myself and then I'm serving something larger, like the connection between you and I, like there are these qualities of good connection, which I think you and I are doing in this call. Like we're, yeah. you're, uh, we're, we're playing with good connection and where we're, where there's energy and where there's aliveness and we're following that. Yes. 
definitely yeah, it's a very engaging a very engaging experience so far for me like you're mm. not reading off your cards like it's live <laughs> totally and i want to teach men and women that it's better when it's live when you're not yeah. coming from one of these archetypes you're following a thread of totally. connection and vitality and it just feels good yeah 100% 100% but you have to be authentic and vulnerable to do that yes this is so true yeah. And I'm going to kind of bring in like a total curveball, which is so fun and exciting and interesting oh, to me, which is um, almost like the paradox of, yes, there's these archetypes that are really kind of based in um, mask and victim and all these things that we have to be aware of. But then also there's something very attractive to women about the archetype for example, of the asshole, like mm-hmm. a man just a hundred percent being all about himself or all about his desires and not caring about anyone else. Yeah. There's something that happens for women. And there's like a turn on in a, a true authentic turn on in that. Yeah. So I guess what I wanted to talk about was, or what I wanted to introduce was, is that um, kind of like a meta piece around still being able to, yeah, that the A, these, that's why some, you know, nice guys finish last, right? Like this yep. is a whole thing, which is assholes usually can get more women than nice guys, right? And so, more money, more success. Um, in interesting. A lot of ways yeah. Right. That is really interesting. Yeah. Do you want to speak to this piece? Yeah. I, you know, I, this, this part of this is in the book too. Like the assholes are really compelling partly because we wish we were free of our own sense of conscientiousness. Mm. Like most people feel like I want to be this, but I'm afraid of what people will think. Yeah. Right. There's a subconsciousness that they have about others. So the asshole is free of something most people are not free of. Mm-hmm. Right? He's shameless right. in a way we all wish we could be a little more unapologetic and shameless. Totally. So he's got something most people want more of. Right. Which is why he's so compelling in, in popular culture right now. There's a freedom mm-hmm. he seems to have mm-hmm. in not keeping a fuck. Right. Right. And, and there's something, and I think it's hot because I think there's an evolutionary component to this, like, because the asshole is in control completely mm-hmm. and he's dominant and he's not going to, he, he's, he's going to fend off anyone else who would want to come in and, and take his position. So I think from kind of a hierarchical yeah. uh, part of our history, like there's a sense of safety and security. Like if you're, if the asshole is your guy, he's uh, you're, you're in a good position in terms of like where you stand in the world. Like if someone messes with you, he's all over them. So he is kind of the ultimate protector. Right. Right. And, then, and there's something that's hot about that to because yeah. there's so much polarity there, Maya, with the asshole, exactly. right? Like there's exactly. and polarity is hot, which I know exactly. you like yeah. it's hot. Yes. And at the same time, like if you can have some of that in the connection, that's great. But yes. if he's there all the time when it's just you and him, there's no connection happening. Yeah. Some women the sex and the, 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 that power dynamic is so compelling that even if they're not being treated well, it's hard to, it's hard to get out of. 
Exactly. Let's just highlight that for a minute because that's just so common for um, for women, which is being so compelled by this energy, so seduced by this energy, as well as the sex in terms of the polarity in the connection that it's so, but then they become attached because they're all their biology, all their hormones, all the oxytocin. And so it's really hard to get out, even though they're having a lot of pain, emotional pain, because they're not actually being met on the emotional level. And so that's really, you know, so many, if, if that's you who are listening, I, I a hundred percent would love to help you because you actually exactly can find a partner who has that masculine energy that is healthy and attractive. That is like, you know, masculine energy, penetrative, protective, providing, moving, you know, in that direct direction, but who also has that connection with um, their heart and has a, has that heart being able to express their heart in a real way. Yeah. That's, and men have to cultivate that capacity. And, you know, a lot of men I work with, it's being more assertive. Like you get to own your power. You do get to penetrate the world. Right. We want to feel you. Uh, right. Uh, and then other it. men are too kind of naturally aggressive and not conscientious of others. And they need to learn to soften and allow the world to penetrate them. Like let, uh, your in, let the world touch you. You don't yes. want to be hard all the time. And right. Trying to just like fuck the world open and dominate it. You know, you <laughs> also want to be able to be penetrated. So I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. With the, with the softening and the opening of the heart, there's a ability to really be penetrated by the world, by your partner, by, you know, by the, just seeing like a beautiful sunset or whatever. It's like that moves life. you. Yeah. By life. But listen, man, the, the bad boys, the assholes are really, really compelling because of how they affect the physiology. Like it's, it's, and, and there's a lot of high highs and there's a lot of low lows. And, yeah. and, you know, in, in my experience, you have to play out what you need to play out. Mm. Right. So I, I, I've, I've tried, <laughs> I've been a clinician for 20 years and I used to try early on, Hey, you see that this is destructive, right? Like mm-hmm. let's talk about how to shift you out yeah. of that. But people have to, I think like karma and, and you have to play out you have to play it out if you have to play it out. And so let's play it out with our eyes open. So if you're, if you're with an asshole, let's be with the asshole and let's be with you when you're with the asshole. Right. Let's acknowledge the high highs and the sense of safety and kind of a certain kind of feminine expression of yourself that gets to come out with him. Let's yeah. honor that. Let's celebrate that because clearly it's important. Yeah. Right. And then let's be with the parts that are feeling abused. Right. Let's have our eyes open here. And then eventually, if you can see it clearly, mm-hmm. be with the pain, something else wants to happen. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this guy. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's so, so powerful to um, really, you know, be aware of exactly what, what this person is evoking in you and, you know, what both also, you know, a lot of the work I do and I'm sure you as well is exact. And you know, what is familiar about it from your childhood? What's, what's comfortable and familiar and enticing and all these things, because we really go, we're so habituated to uh, a certain kind of love and, 
if it's familiar, then it's much harder to leave that situation. So isn't that just the, just the painful truth? Like I've wanted it to not be true that our love template isn't so connected to childhood, but after just thousands of clients over the years, like it's just undeniable. It's, it's crazy. It's like, really? It's so obvious and so true, but yeah, it's real. Yeah. Um, And our sexuality and our turn on is linked in all that stuff too, which no one likes to think too much about, but it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. (laughs) We are definitely attracted to our primary caregivers, the best and worst traits for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering in terms of the, um, what's, what's your next step with this book now that it's out in the world now that it's, you know, like, what is your goal? What is, what is the deepest, what is your deepest intention for this book? I can tell you my fantasy is that anytime people use these words, like that we all have a collective understanding of what they mean. What they actually mean. Yeah, like they're yeah. in the lexicon in a new way. And mm. I mean, this, this is such an ambitious fantasy of mine. It's but great. Like, I love uh, it. But that these words are used deliberately. Like, yeah. so a guy is like, I totally just want to be a fucking asshole right now. And I just need you to know that. Right. Right. Because he in can a conscious way. Yeah. And I so want to just not give a shit about you and raise hell and like, just wreck this thing. Yeah. And that would be amazing. Can you imagine if, if your partner said that to you, that would be amazing because he's there with the intensity, yeah. which is what we want. We want people that are there with the experience they're having because exactly. then you can connect with that energy. Yes. Yeah. Right. Or like, oh, I just, I'm. Uh, I'm just wanting to pussy out right now. I don't want to take responsibility. I want you to take yes. care of me. And then, you know, that these words can be used in useful ways and that healing can come from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I want, which means it, to me, it's more of a movement than it is a book, like getting men and women involved in this body of work and uh, eventually have courses and uh, nice. have it be live. Yeah, because shit is happening all the time in relationship with other people in our own internal relationship with ourselves. Like everyone has an asshole that lives inside their own head. That's just like pounding them for not being enough in some way or another. There's pressure to be a douchebag in this culture. Everyone has to come to terms with their own victimization, which is the, the dick. Everyone's terrified of being a pussy, but everyone is a complete pussy sometimes because we're wired to survive. And to not be bold and stick our neck out, uh, neck out above all else. So to me, it's this is happening all the time. Let's have fun with it. Let's yeah. face our worst and become our best. Beautiful. And I want to bring up um, the narcissist because that is a word that is thrown around so much in our culture. And yeah. I feel like it definitely relates to the archetypes. And so I just, the more that we have clarity around what is a narcissist and what isn't a narcissist. And like, I think it's just something that is really important to discuss in a conscious way. And so I'm wondering if you can share what your definition of a narcissist is. And um, if you feel like someone 
who is a narcissist or who has a lot of narcissistic traits, which we've been talking about a lot of narcissistic traits, right? Blaming is a narcissistic trait, not taking responsibility is a narcissistic trait, um, and having a false sense of self is a narcissist. So anyways, so yeah, I'm curious what your working definition is. And if you think that a narcissist can heal and someone who has a lot of narcissistic traits can heal. Ooh, great question. You know, I, 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 I've shied away in this book from mm-hmm. using words like toxic masculinity or narcissist. Yeah. And even the word boundaries, because to me, they get so, mm. they, they, you, they get, they become a level of abstraction where yeah. we think we know what we're talking about, but what are we actually talking about? Yeah. So I, I wanted to strip away all of that and come back to what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for someone like a true narcissist, it, they're pretty rare because it, there's a stunning lack of, you just, you, you don't exist in a narcissist world and that's really creepy. Yeah. Right. Like, and so it, the word gets thrown around a lot, but what exactly. most people are talking about are narcissistic traits, yeah. but I just see it as like wounding, like the mm-hmm. person is spun out on the perimeter they can't access their self. And so they're in a strategic position to keep themselves from being overwhelmed and to, and to try to keep safe. They're trying to keep terror at bay. Mm. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like the kind of just that label. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a one-off, uh, but you're right. There's a douchebag quality. That's an art, you know, I'm just going to pretend to be who I want to be. And he's always the victim. It's never his fault. And he tends to be pretty shameless about his impact. So he definitely had qualities from, from the dick, the douchebag and the asshole. Right. And you, and, and the work, as I see it, is you want to be curious there. And if a guy's going extreme, you want to see that early. Like, wow, there's something extreme in him. Mm-hmm. And if there's something extreme, it's really hard to heal the extreme stuff. This, mm-hmm. it, and, it, and if he's not curious, it's impossible. Don't, you know, if you can say no, say no, and talk to your therapist about like, why am I drawn to this guy that does, who does not seem to care about me at all? Yeah. Yeah. You know, start there, get curious in your own healing. Exactly. Cause you're not likely to be the one that gets him to soften. No, <laughs> you know, and well, and that's exactly, that's definitely, you know, the wounded healer. If you have that wounded healer archetype inside of you, which a lot of therapists and doctors and nurses, so many of the women I work with have that wounded healer empath archetype. And so there's this feeling of like wanting I've, I've personally, yeah, chosen people who like, I just felt such a strong desire to heal them. And that was really seductive for me because, you know, of my childhood. And so, yeah, just really exactly working with a therapist or a coach to help you really have, create what you want to create in your love life, because it's unfortunately it can, and I think this isn't talked about enough. So I'm going to really highlight it, which is, it can really be re-traumatizing in my opinion, um, to spend a lot of time with someone that is not actually able to see you and hear you and feel you. Well, how, how have you, um, if I can be curious about you for a moment, because I know you've been on the, this path for a long time. Mm-hmm. How is it? Because the, the promise of being the one that can help the guy open or soften or heal, 
can be so appealing and it can also be hot because then he kind of softens a little bit. And then this new kind of connection happens that he's never experienced before yes. and it's happening with you and you just can't wait to jump into bed. <laughs> like, how do you navigate like not going down something that feels like it could be so amazing yeah. and so hot? Yeah. How have you learned to kind of work with like your own natural desire of that mm-hmm. tendency to say like, oh, we're not going to do that because we know where it goes. I think one of the biggest things is, you know, really drawing a a line in the sand and saying like, I am a hundred, it's all based on worthiness in my opinion. So the, which, which is like, I am a hundred percent worthy of someone meeting me on an emotional intelligence level, emotional responsiveness level. And so that guy who exactly is kind of the old paradigm and old archetype that I used to be insanely attracted to um, is no longer as attractive because you know what the game is and you know that you're totally worthy of a whole nother game, right? So it is, that is a game, right? In a certain way, that is a little bit of a game, which is you have to work for love. You have to work for their, um, for their responsiveness. You have to work for them opening their heart. And I think, you know, and that's one of the biggest patterns I see that's going to be in my book, which is, I'm super excited to talk to you more about book writing. Um, but which is, um, having to work for love, the pattern, um, in anxious attachment folks of having to work for love, that, that, that love just isn't just there. It, you actually have to work for it, which is again, coming from childhood patterns usually. And, um, that, you know, goes so well with that archetype that we just talked about around like opening a little bit and then closing and feeling like you're constantly having to work. So um, I think it all is really based in uh, that deep, deep sense of self-love and worthiness, which um, exactly it takes work to get there. Um, I love the worthiness. That word just kind of lit up my whole system, just orienting around that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to work for it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And, and the interest and I, you know, recently I've had like a huge, spiritual awakening around that word as well, because although it's an important word in a psychological way, because in in an egoic psyche way, it's very important. It also is completely false. Like you were all, there is, there is no worthy and not worthy, right? It's like the table is just as worthy as I am. The, the, you know, the beautiful plant outside. And so that also is a big, to me, word that is based in capitalism, that somehow if you have a more beautiful, you know, hair than me, then you're more worthy, right? And so it it really, you know, reifies this thing of we always have to be more and better, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm, yeah, it's, it's such an important part of my work because there's a way that we do have to have that deep sense of worthiness in order to have secure attachment. But at the same time, it actually is, you know, a word that kind of keeps reifying this thing of like better or more or different. So. 
just kind of. Yeah, there, I mean, there's so many layers. We could do a whole. We could do a whole thing on the awakening component of when even the idea of worthiness falls away at a certain level. Right. You continue on the path, right? Worthy and not worthy lose meaning at a certain level of realization. Yeah. 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 So but they're good workers along the way. They are. And yeah, yeah. And, and we are in this world of, you know, self and other. And uh, it's, it's helpful for really uh, taking a stand for what you deserve in love and relationships. You're cooking with your book. I'm, I'm excited just be, being in the field of your own writing. Mm. Yeah, very Thank cool. You. Thank you yeah. so much. So yeah, it's been such a pleasure and joy and so much fun to chat with you today. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? Oh, yeah, I, I, I want to name, I have a co-author of the book and his name is Corey Kilpak. Yes. And he was actually a former client of mine that I worked with. Mm. And then three or four years later, he got involved in this writing project. So I didn't, I just want to honor that, like, I'm a co-author in this book and yes. his voice profoundly in the book and the process of writing a book with a former client mm. and uh, someone who was in the room with me and has his own big voice was powerful. And uh, there's mm. a really dynamic kind of flow and tension between mine and Corey's voice in the book, which I think really uh, serves it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. felt that as I was reading it. I could feel yeah. both of you love in you. it. Love you, Corey. Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And uh and um yeah, this was really fun. I I mean, you know, my message would be uh just kind of get in get involved, like pay attention, pay attention to you, pay attention to what's arising, and like don't accept bullshit conditions in your life at work with men, with women, like just when something inside of you is saying, oh, this isn't feeling right. Like, listen to that and really see what's going on. See your tendency to want to take care of or to want to disappear mm-hmm. and just experiment with doing other things like awareness, curiosity, and experimentation are is one of the big acronyms in the book, like mm-hmm. ACE, just mm-hmm. get in the game and it's a good ride and mm-hmm. you don't know where it's going to take you. And it's okay to be completely different than you were a year ago. Let, let life take you. Thank you so much for listening to rewire your attachment style. This is Maya diamond to receive your two free gifts to help you on your journey to lasting love and to start rewiring your attachment style today. Go to empowerlove.us forward slash love.